Hello, I'm Ryan, and this is You're Not Watching That. It is the podcast where I'm finally catching up with all those films I should have seen, but my parents, do you know what? They wouldn't let me. I mean, you probably know that if you've listened before, but if you haven't, they wouldn't let me. Uh, we're back with Sly Stallone after I finally watched First Blood in uh, episode seven. Uh, it's three years later this film was made in 1985, and he's rolling out his everyman boxing champ for a fourth grueling campaign. It's East versus West in the deep of the Cold War. It's Rocky Foer. Um, so strap a log to your back, run through some snow, climb a mountain, fix a peasant's car, and let's go. And I've gone back to saying, let's go, Dan. And, uh, wait, intro over. Intro over. Let's go alike. Let's go is right. It let's sets go. It, sets it. Let's go. It just makes me think of that thing I said to you about the Holy Bible Club, but I want to be there. Let's go. It's that kind of, let's do it. You know what I mean? Sorry to bring them back up again. Have you been to any Holy Bible Clubs recently? Or, uh, how, how have you been? It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, first week, uh, I was off and uh, went to went to Sheffield to watch Pulp. Uh, as you know, you and I are a different class. Was the album of our teenage years, and um, and watching watching Jarvis just do Jarvis is you know it's great, isn't it? It's been nearly thirty years, and and you kind of like well twenty odd years, hasn't it? And and you kind of like yeah, this is this this is this this for me was it, honestly it, it shocked me just how how many of the lyrics on you the backing vocals and and how many people were there to share it now i realized something about myself at, at that gig as well that um fucking northern has done me editing uh i saw it in the i saw him in the north in manchester so you saw him in the homeland didn't you and mm. it was less than northerners did me editing. it was more people my age did me editing. people who yeah. and I, I think it's because uh how do we put this every now and then you and i like to have a bit of a a bit of a blowout and it's it's not it's not that far off it's every now and then yeah, I was surrounded by people who don't think I've had one since 1997. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's what it was. There was uh, there was a group of group of lads. You know, I, I, as, as you know, Ryan, and we've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm I'm tightly wound about things. Hey, I have hey. a real, I have a real issue with ineptitude and people who don't move with purpose and don't move with, you know, any any kind of direction. People who meander. For example, I was having a coffee last week, and a and a, and a group, a family was just stood next to my table. So I'm like, you know, when you're like head height with their ass and they don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you're kind of like, what is, what is happening? Move. Um, and the, the first, say again. Could they move? Yeah, there's plenty of tables. They okay. were just, because one of the best things to do working in hospitality is to say to somebody, um, oh, sit where you like, folks. Sit, sit where it's comfortable. And watching the process go through their mind is is painful to watch for me just pick one and sit down and uh but they have to make sure they're sat at the best one far enough away from the door close enough to the bar are they going to hear that you know it, it, it's it's yeah. it's a fun game for me because people lose their mind anyway so the gigs the gig started and there's a there's a short video at the start it's about two or three minutes long saying welcome to the 533rd gig from pulp and mm. everybody sit down it's got that that font on it from the disco 2000 video and and it's it's quite fun and as that happened, now you and I are tall guys, and I find that when I go to gigs, I have to stand a certain amount back, just so I can enjoy it a little bit more. I don't like being in. The Why do you think I wear glasses? Because I've been pushed to the back because I can't see anymore. <laughs> so that's what I would say anyway. Um, and people don't people don't tend not to stand behind me either. So I kind of you know if I was at the front, I'd be quite selfish. And and there's a, there's a there's a, a fear that lives inside me. Because uh, I was always like, watch that man. Watch out for that mister. Don't bang into her. You, you're holding hands with the wrong woman. I'm not, that's not your mum. You know, things like that, right? And I am in constant fear of that. And people seem to have lost it, especially post-COVID. And a woman and a, and a fella 
came and stood directly in front of me, me and Sal. And Sal's five foot two, right? And she, what she did, she held up her phone, and it's like she was doing it on purpose, where she was videoing the opening numbers, and I, I could, and it, the phone was right in the middle of the stage, like, and I went, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. Like, if you want to get your phone out and video, I get it. Just don't do it in my way, right? I, or just be aware that there are people behind you, and um, and I went, nope, just said nope. No. I went, you. You're never going to watch it back. Put it down. Get out of my way. And then yeah. she t- she turned around to have a pop back, realized I was a foot bigger than her. And I went, yeah. Oh, no. And she and she left. She promptly left. But then later on, another group occupied that space. And it was two grown-ass men in their um, in their early 50s. Again, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they were there. I'm glad that they were, they, they were having the best time, Raz. And there was part of me where I was like, Oh, look at you. You're having a great time. But also, can you check it down a notch? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, because that's a tactic some people do where I, I last had it when I went to see a gig with my mate. Oh, Neil, who was on the pod who did Top Gun, where we were watching. It's just like a 25th anniversary of. Oh, by the way, uh, Pulp was 30 years ago, just so you know. Not it 20. was. I just, re- just doing the last decade there. Um, and they they weren't, you know, I, I now get to the stage where I do think, fuck it. I think people are, you know, there's all sorts of disabilities, lots of things where people can say I'm here and whatever. And, and you know, rightly so. Why should I, because I'm genetically superior to you and, and so forth, <laughs> have to stand at the fucking back? You can sort it out, short ass, and move around me. I will be conscious. It's like if um, you're having a cigarette or something down the street and somebody like moves, you know, yeah. hand away from a baby or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, and these boats come up going like they're having a conversation with each other to then end up in front of you like because that's where the joke ended yeah and i was yep. like no no and then being all ironic in front i mean it's almost like when me and you went to see paul where to get them students in your words told yeah they got told they got they got significantly told with, um, a, with a, a swift one to the ear i'm going to add one more thing to this actually because it's, it's a little bit of the what we've been doing so on uh we had a weekend where i didn't have clem at all my little girl so me and uh, Natalie decided to, uh, I'm walking quite a lot more these days. And I said, oh, I'll just go for a really long walk. So we've got these National Trust things. My mum got us to take Clemmy out and do stuff. And just me and Natalie love history as well. And there's a place about five mile, maybe from uh, something like that, called Ham House, which is this beautiful old built in 1600 mansion thing. It looks like something out of a, you know, a film set. And we've been there before, but the house itself was shut. So we just sort of went around the gardens and Clemmy played around and all that shit. I think she had a paddy as well, if I remember rightly, because... She just wanted to lay on the grass, which is, we've all been there. Just you shouldn't be doing it in your 40s. Um, so I'll have a word if she's 21 and doing it. Um, so the house was open and me and Nat went. It was a lovely day. I had a lovely stroll. I had a bit of food on the way. And when we got to Ham House, we went in. And a, you know, it's just like Natalie said, I just love this world of people. Now, they're not my people. I probably wouldn't want to go drinking with Jeff and, and Denise who work there. But everyone's just lovely. You know, it's yeah. just like. Welcome. Would you like one of these maps? Would you? There's no Larry ass. There's no one not wearing socks generally, unless it's Jesus sandals with white socks. And this bloke's like, "Hello, welcome. You've been here before? No. Well, this door was built in. If you look behind you, and I was thinking, this is fucking great. And obviously, being a bit of a history nerd, I probably know what he's telling me anyway. But I was like, oh, do you know what? I don't care. I'm going to go with it. So we're looking at all this shit, and I, I then all of a sudden spy out the window, and I've realised I've got a twat filter built into me that is highly vigilant it's a similar filter to the one that sees danger so as in yeah. walking in san francisco with my missus at the time i spy right down ahead of us a load of what looked like gang shit going down pulled us three lanes across out the way and she's going why we're we crossing the road and as we pass we hear this like gunshot and it's, all, it's bad and you're like going that's that's my filter 
Now, this filter is, is more used these days for twats, as I like to call them. And I look out of this beautiful window, amazing foyer artwork all around. And there's this the beautiful fountain with like some strong looking bloke there with a horn and some fire in the water. And I see this massive black and white striped hat. And the rim is probably as wide as a, as a joke Mexican one, like the uh, Three Amigos type ship. But it's, it wasn't a Mexican hat. And the person is kind of, got on their haunch like that with her arm this girl in a black dress and she's and some guys taking pictures and then she'll move and she, and i thought fuck off you've come here to take pictures of you with this shit behind you for your instagram now fair enough that's how you make your money whatever you do but then i thought i think i can see a thong through your clothes i think you've come to a national trust thing in in see-through clothing mm-hmm. so natalie's then just going have you seen this have you seen this and i'm going i'm spying her i think she's fucking coming in she's coming in She's fucking coming in. She's a whole garden to go and look at, and you're bloody coming in here, aren't you? So she walks in. Oh, hello, hello. a bit, bit Spanish or something like that. They come in, and it's all like I can see her pointing out the places she wants to have pictures. So they start going up the staircase, this beautiful wooden staircase, all ornate and ornate and carved. And I said to Natalie, Instagram people, something like that. Natalie clocks it, and to be fair to her, she was the best accomplice ever. So imagine. He's gone up the first stairs, and he's in the corner, and then he's like looking. He's gone off at a right angle up to the right, ninety degrees. And she's there stood, getting ready to pose with all this beautiful stuff behind her. Natalie bobs down between where he's taking the picture and her and starts inspecting closely the wood <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the banister. I then go behind and start looking and pointing at a greyhound on a picture. So this girl and this lo- can now not take any photos. So they try and move in an angle. I'm always behind with my bag looking at this. And I say, look at the, uh, and I turn into my dad. Have you seen the uh, the grain on this? I reckon this is probably a bit of teak. Oh my God. I've got, I'll send you a picture at one point. It's a bit where they're trying to do it. And we are just constantly fucking up her photos. So did you, did you feel, because I felt that about these guys, you know, the types in pork pie hats that do that box step when madness comes on. They were those type of guys. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel that this, that this woman, like these blokes, had invaded a space? Like, I, I feel like this isn't for you. This isn't yours. I would like, feel it less about the lads at the, the gig because a gig and music is so subjective. Yeah. It's quite particularly a place where people take little kids, old people, generally history buffs, all they just want to take in the surroundings. She was making it all about her. However silly that sounds, it was all about this is... I'm now fair dues. I wish I'd almost asked her who she was to then check out. And she'd gone, Ham House was built in 1610 and given it kudos, potentially. I think it was all about look at me, look at me in my see-through dress and you can see me under crackers. You know what I mean? And that yeah, so annoyed somebody, me. Somebody who wants public image and public image life without actually doing anything worthwhile or, you know what I mean? Like, again, we could go on for for hours about, about this this perception of easy credibility that people believe they can get like people think they're going to be tiktok famous people think they're going to be big on youtube it's only a handful of people stop it get a job do something proper what's the matter with you it's because it's easier i've said this about music and if i'd have if all the stuff that was available now when i was writing music at 16 17 it'd been a very different beast but then what you got to remember is everyone can do it so there's more people doing it so you know what i mean yeah. oh i wish i was playing music when the beatles were about it would have been a lot easier well, it wouldn't have been to get your message out, but it is now, but it means more knobheads can do it. So off my soapbox for a minute, whoever you are, I doubt you're listening to this, but I hope you got some nice shots of me in the background pointing at a greyhound. Whoever was wearing, going to take that picture at Pulp, I hope you enjoyed meeting Dan Fudge. We sound 42. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I, I, I tell you what, and then and then last week, I went to, uh, I went to Centre Parks last weekend with my family, and uh, 
Rocky this is where I up. this is where I, I I got really annoyed with um with Northerners because oh yeah I just we it turns out we love a protracted conversation across a room apparently mm-hmm. we love them they don't do it down south much they they kind of like they're very insular mm-hmm. um and because like Cockneys you know the sockless ones that you mentioned earlier earlier on right I I knew I didn't like them but these were my people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I found what, what they do is a commentary on everything. It could just be my family, but I don't know if it happens in your house and see, see, see if this, this rings a bell. So for example, I'll, we're all sat around a table having, having dinner. We've had a barbecue. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it'll be, I'm just going to get some, get some ketchup for my burger. Our Dan's going to get some ketchup. Is he what? He's going to get ketchup. He's getting ketchup for his burger. Is he getting ketchup? Is he going to bring it over here? Is the ketchup happening? Is the ketchup coming? What's he getting? He's not come back with ketchup. He's come back with burger sauce. Yeah, but burger sauce. Hold on, Ooh, Dan. Look at Dan you, you said you were getting ketchup. I didn't think you liked ketchup anymore. Mate, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And I found myself not doing things or speaking out loud to avoid that shittery. And and I went, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like there's a running commentary from people. Like, oh, oh yeah, I've had it. I have had it with my family. Like, oh, I didn't know you like that. Yeah, well, I do. I do. Yeah. I didn't stand up and go, by the way, I like what I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah. Like me, me nan, bless her. She 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 makes a point of, you know, we all go to see her and spend some time with her once a year. And uh, she makes a point that we've all got tea bags, milk, coffee in the and a couple of breakfast bits in, in each chalet. There's three three chalets and you know, 13 of us. And um and I can't deal with shit coffee. I'm a grown ass man. I like I like I like nice things, right? Like and pot. I brought I bought some Nescafe Azera. Oh, the noise! What's that? Ah, oh, Dan's got fancy coffee. He's got fancy coffee. What's so fancy about your coffee? Why you got that for, Dan? Why is that? What are you okay. drinking that for? Do you not like Nescafe? Oh my god! <laughs> You've changed, you have. Man, I honestly. Honestly, I just can't deal with it. Anyway, let's talk about this bloody film because I'm just going to end up get, getting on a soapbox about bloody Northerners again. <laughs> yeah, let's see how many times we can move. So, uh, quick, quick reason behind this one. Um, uh, so, I, I've actually seen Rocky one, two, and three, although I saw them in my thirties. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll come to where the first Rocky thing came along. But uh, let's start off with uh, the things I knew before. The things I thought I saw. The things I knew before. So, uh, Russia, Drago, that's it, really. And nice. the reason being on the GameCube, Nintendo GameCube, a much maligned but awesome computer system, I had the Rocky game, and it basically took you through all the films. <laughs> so I know who Tommy Gunn is, even though I've not seen Rocky Five because I kicked his ass near some smoking barrels in the street. Uh, and it sort of did a little, they look shit now, I guess, um, like cut scenes and stuff of it. So I knew the story, and I kind of knew bits of it. And there'll be bits where you've got to beat up like a meat, you know, a carcass of meat and stuff and all your hands getting all bloody and stuff. It's actually a really, really good game. So I kind of knew it, but I'd never seen it. And obviously I've seen Ivan Drago and stuff like that and uh, Dolph Lundgren and stuff. So uh, for you, uh, and also Charlie that said you have to do Rocky Four, And it felt a weird one to jump in like this, but didn't we, we did Evil Dead 2, probably our worst podcast. Uh, I went insane. Um, but Dan, where, where did uh, the Rocky franchise come into your life? And four, where did that come in? It's 85, this. Paul Barton's house, nineteen eighty-eight. We're back again. One of his, one of his uh, leather-bound collection. I, I, honestly, this is going to be a running show, a running theme through the show. It was nearly everyone. Mm-hmm. One I shouldn't have been watching. It's it, it's weird that you saw the first three and then stopped there because this one's one of the most popular ones out of the series. Um, it, I started watching it, and so it's actually kind of five minutes of it. I recognize. Uh, I recognize mm-hmm. the robot. 
and then I can't remember if the robot made me just go fuck this. Uh, something something happened. That's why, Dan. So I was on a bit of a run of trying to do them all and go into like Balboa and Creed and everything as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, interesting. You mentioned the robot. Get a quick one in early. Um, I watched the 2020 director's cut uh, in preparation for this one, and they completely omit it. They they take really? it out. Yeah, it was something that Stallone really wanted at the time for his autistic son to play with. Um, you know, something that's that, that somebody of, of, of substance of money would 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 do back in the eighties. Not really probably understanding what we know about autism, and uh, and yeah, they've uh, they've realised it's so naff. We're going to take this out I'm despite confused. its its personal entomology. His son in the film is meant to be autistic. Oh God, hang on! You, I, I knew you'd ask me this. I'm pretty sure there was a point where it was actually it was his actual son. Um, no, ah. but it, his real life son. It was something that Stallone owned, I believe. Ah. If it, I mean, if that's not true, somebody please please let me know. He just brought it to work with him. He decided to bring yeah. in this massive shit robot that looks like he's got someone's arm in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I will come to the robot in a minute because there's something very weird happens with that and with Paulie and stuff as well. Um, did you, so were you a fan of what about Rocky one, two, and three? Did you watch them in order and then four? Yeah, this is this is odd actually because it it it's it's very it's a similar vein as the Rambo movies because you've got Rambo is this guy who is really struggling with post traumatic stress disorder and uh, trying to fit into to real life. And and the first Rocky movie is very much a guy from the streets trying to make it big in the American dream and all the rest of it. And then as they became popular, I'll use that word again, that uh, that Neil that Neil said, it, they become very jingoistic. They become very like big boys in boots and flashy lights and and shooting and piling. And, you know what I mean? And it, and, and they, they, they take them in a direction. I, I, I don't understand how Stallone didn't stop that happening, given the influence he had in these two movies, in these two movie brands. But for some reason it happened. And by the time we got to Rocky Four, when now we've gone past jingoistic and now we're into what's essentially propaganda in this movie. But you're, you're, I mean, yeah, but and by the end, we're definitely going to mention that because of the speech as well. He does, but I, I thought when I saw the first Rocky, I just had him down as an action bloke who couldn't speak properly and and couldn't act, which he kind of proved in First Blood. Remember the amount of times I said to you, I don't know what the fuck he was saying when he was trapped in that yep. police station. God, it's great I can have these conversations now. Um, but it's, uh, I thought Rocky was brilliant. I think yep. it's it's cold. It's it's depressing. He. His acting suits Rocky one more than anything. And in fact, I'll probably come to it in this one, the way that he almost acts like a child. There's bits where he's going, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. Oh, you're going to do that, are you? All right. Like the bit where he's, he's talking to a dog or a fish or something in the pet shop with Adrian in the first film. And he's eating them eggs and he has that shout at, at Mickey down the down the stairs. And then he loses, which is the thing. In American boxing mm-hmm. film, he loses the first fight. And mm-hmm. that is, that's great. And then, because then you've got the thing with Apollo into the second one, aren't you, with... Um, against Apollo, isn't it? And then they become mates. And then you've got third one with Clubber Lang, who's just uh, obviously just an absolute dick. And he's just a nasty beast of a man. And obviously Apollo is by his side. Uh, with this one, it is a bit different because he's doing the sort of the show busy shit. He starts even with those US and Soviet gloves just coming in, bang. You get a big recap, a massive recap, don't you, of mm. all, all the films, which I was thinking if I hadn't seen those films, would that be recap enough? I don't think it would because there's a massive emotion in the first one that makes, especially the second one, have a bit more validity when he actually wins it. Third one, I think, was on. The, that's third one's the one with Hulk Hogan, isn't it? Uh, Hulk starts with Hulk Hogan, finishes with Mr. T. Yeah, that's right. So Hulk Hogan's fighting him in the ring, and it's all ridiculous. And he's becoming a bit showbiz, and he's doing the adverts and shit, and he isn't comfortable with it. Um, 
I'm going to start off in where we are. Let's. You've got some stats and stuff for me at the start. Any of your little? No, let, let's let's do it as we go. I, I you know, I, I remember this movie quite well. I remember it being talked about in the playground quite quite a lot. And uh, and also, you've had enough of Northerners last your lifetime. So, you <laughs> um, so yeah, starts with the club, uh, the club a recap, and then we've got what I've called sweaty sparring. I was fully expecting Van Damme to arrive. They're just sweaty before they even walked in. They look like they're wearing a pair of kegs. Obviously, they've got the uh, bollock guards on and stuff, and it's all matey, matey, ding, ding, and all that kind of business. And what I did notice, in the, especially at the start of the film, and it kind of stops halfway through, is this bits where someone will just pause, and then the next scene will be like faded over it. And it happened yeah. with when they go for that punch, and they're sort of like that, and it pauses, and then it's like, here's Russia, or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It sort of moves. I oh, know it doesn't. It moves to the house, because he turns up with his floppy hat on. His kid's got a camcorder. Obviously, all the mod cons. He's got a massive JVC camcorder on his shoulder. Rock, Paul is just being a bit miserable. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had uh, girlfriends with brothers who I would not have had living with me as much as he did with Paulie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gives him a robot. And then what well, the best bit is, is, Adrian says, I can't help saying without her name that going. Adrian says, uh, we got you as you don't have many friends. Oh, I, I don't have any friends. I thought this would be nice. All right. Thanks. <laughs> I was waiting for you to give it the happy birthday, Polly. The, oh, no, uh, no, I forgot. Well, you can throw that in now. Let's have the sound of the robot. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so here you are. About, about the robot, uh, the, um, the, the, the robot's voice was that of the company Robert Dornick. He recalled Stallone loved the robot so much he kept adding additional scenes, giving him new lines every couple of days, including one particularly comic scene, which was cut between Seiko or Psycho and Rocky's brother-in-law, Paulie. The pair had developed an odd couple relationship with the robot complaining that Paulie always slept in the same T-shirt and made too much cigar smoke. And uh, Seiko, uh, Psycho uh, found this offensive to his robot brains. Hold on. I didn't know the robot even had it. I didn't hear the name once. Yeah, I, I think that might have been given after the movie. S-I-C-O. S-I-C-O. Yeah, it's rubbish. It looks a little bit like something out of, um, I never watched it really, Power Rangers. It looks like one of the enemies from Power Rangers, or there's a Marvel uh, enemy that looks a bit like that. It's got like a head, a bit like a Maltese, um, mm-hmm. like a minstrel with those big bug eyes on it. And it does look like someone's got their hand. And they've just added shit on the front. Here's a telephone, here's this, here's a fucking radio. It's just like... It is 1985's version of like what they think the future would be like. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's got that Back to the Future uh, Jaws 17 vibe to it, hasn't it? But I love Paulie's uh, general uh, thing when it's like, oh, what's all this? And there's a bit later on, which I'll probably cut to. Uh, I know I'll come to because it's quite funny with Apollo Creed. Uh, so then it's Rocky's in his PJs, which I thought were, they were not, he's got his black PJs on that make him look like some sort of matador. Uh, I mean, obviously, Sly's in great shape in 85. Uh, he's got like black with like a gold trim on, and it's a two-part and almost like a little waiter's jacket. I thought, what the fuck? He's bringing in a cake for him and Adrian. Oh, is there And then he gives her a, a watch that looks like it's fucking terrible. It's funny, isn't it, our style back in the day? Did you have anything in the 80s that you, looking back, you thought was your one of your best things ever, that looking back now was... Because I know there's a lot of retro stuff. Like I had some Adidas high tops that I wouldn't have been seen dead in mid to late nineties, early two thousands. But now I'd wear the shit out of. Oh, oh, that way around. I mean, well, no, I was, was... going to say both ways. So, is there anything now that you still wish you had as an adult size, or is the stuff that you thought was the the nuts that is now fucking awful? Two things I can tell you straight off the bat. Two things: Bermuda shorts. What? What's wrong with? But you know, proper Bermuda shorts from Rotherham Market. So shit ones. 
that that faded in the wash, and they were all garish, like yellow and flag behind you. Uh, yeah, like yeah, like like the Jamaica flag, like yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, you know that that bright yellow, you know, them Terry Terry toweling socks. Though they were those George Michael type of colours, those Bermuda shorts. They were bloody awful. And I used to have loads of them. I used to, all I ever used to ask for, and um, and that for some reason I used to really like patterned socks. You know, like with with a full like I remember I had a pair of Ghostbusters two socks and instead of the ghost with his two fingers coming through the logo it was Slimer and I thought they were amazing I thought they were the greatest thing and then there was another pair of Ghostbusters jeans that I had that had like the firehouse and the circles with the faces on etched into the you know into the denim I haven't I haven't seen anything like that denim design since. Actually, that's not come back round, which I find weird. Yeah, they came back in about '95 when all those knobheads used to have eclipse and smarties on their jeans. You remember the ravers? Yeah, but that was stitched in. That was stitched, oh, was in. I, stitched in. No, it was like printed onto the onto the oh. denim. It was so weird, so weird, and I've never I've never seen it since. Uh, other way round, Gola trainers. My mum tried to buy me a pair of them as a kid. Hated them. Bought a pair when I was 22. Yeah, they were right. Natalie tried to buy some the other day. They're like 80 quid. Went, for golas? For golas? Yeah, isn't it? Are you off your tits? They should be 20 quid. Max. Yeah. And they thought, do you know what I was thinking when you said about socks? I've, it's an adult, this is definitely an adult thing because if you had told me as a kid, if you told me as a kid that I'd be pleased to get socks as an adult for Christmas, I'd have thought I was on, on heroin because mm-hmm. you were always slightly disappointed with socks and pants. But now I'm like, stock me up, baby. Stock me up. I either just got plain black throughout Although I must admit now I've started wearing toweling socks again, the white, the white sports socks, because a lot of time I'm wearing my trousers a bit short with a, it's become a thing, but see, that's weird to me, right? I didn't think that people over the age of 25 owned white toweling socks. I mean, what opportunity do you get to wear them? Because, and, and let me tell you why though. The, yeah. The, he's got a pair on now with the, uh, with the obligatory bands around the top. Now I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you for why it's weird wearing tube socks as a as a as a grown up. I don't have an opportunity to wear them, and when I do wear shorts, I do wear those um, no. socks that give you the opinion that you're wearing no socks and at all. And let time. me hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, let a man finish. And then there's a weird there's a weird thing. And the reason I wear those trainers is because if you've ever worn trainers without socks on. They stink that day. They're done, right? Those that wearers of Toms will completely understand what I mean. They only last the summer. Now, but to, I used to bully kids for wearing white socks pulled up halfway up their shin and, and walking around them. To me, that's the same as wearing socks and sandals. It looks fucking ridiculous. Mm. And then you've always got these yardy kids now, these city kids, wearing them with sliders, those Adidas sliders that yeah, nearly that. all men seem to own. So yeah, I I was with you on that. I thought pulled up white socks were the death. So if I didn't have any of the short socks, I would do the fold the sock back under my yep. foot. Now I I fully embrace it. It's because I think it's to do with your footwear and also the styles. Because I wear like a white Adidas. You've seen them recent white Nike trainer with a big swoosh, kind of retro looking. But I often wear. I do pull the socks up. I pull them up quite high, and I quite. I think. And I think that ruins the trainer. Fuck it, I've ruined most things I'm in anyway, Dan. So the trainers are in the least of the of the worries for it. Uh, sock talk. But no, I also was gonna say, I now lament certain socks going. So I've had certain socks that just work with stuff. I've gone, right, that's a good check sock. Often having um pattern socks quite useful because you can always match them up easier in the post. I mean it's an extra bit of work in it post post washing. How um, to do it. But sometimes I've got I love them socks. They're great, they work with everything. They're great, they work with everything. 
And then you see the day where I thought, I'm never going to learn how to darn. They've gone. And I've almost like laid them in the bin like a, a, a warrior that can fight no more. And I'm like, you poor bastard, you had to be on my feet for like a year and I've lost you. I've lost your brother. Do you know what I mean? It's when you take it's when you take your trainer off and realize it. It's always the second toe. The second toe is pointing out and you go, oh no. And then the worst thing is you have to throw away a perfectly good sock. Yeah. Why does that have to why does that have to suffer? It's like being buried with your wife in Egyptian times. She she sat there going, Why have I got to get buried? Uh it's almost like it could be called Totem Carmoon. Move on quick. Move on. Quick. So, um, so yeah, I've got to come to this one because this is quite funny. So, uh, so Rocky's in his PJ, snake watch. Cut to Drago. Uh, he was just he doesn't do a great deal actually. Drago, it's just introducing him, and he's in his scientific mm-hmm. uh, training thing. Apollo's in the pool throwing a ball for some dogs, and he's got a he's got a really shit TV at the side, and he's just enjoying. I think it's something like get this fried chicken, do this. It's always kind of yeah, adverts. Yeah. And he goes, oh, is is Drago, and he's like, shit, um, that's not good. So this is a bit that kind of amused me. There's obviously, he's rung up Rocky straight away to go, he wants to fight Rocky. And he's going, I want a bit of my glory, don't he? So I want to take him on. But the thing is that the maid, whatever it comes out and says, oh, Mr. Barbara, there's a call for you. I don't know what accent that is. And she, and she went, you can take it on the robot. So he takes the call on the robot with the phone. Oh no, first of all, he says something like, he tells the, he tells the kid who's hugging the robot, can you turn your robot down? Now the, the weird bit that I spotted straight away, maybe it's my mind, because the kid's like face onto the robot, the kid puts his hand down and starts twisting. <laughs> so it looks like he's wanking off the fucking robot. I'm like, because that's where the knob is. I'm like, Jesus, that's where they put the volume knob. You'd put it on its ear or something, wouldn't you? Put it put it on the side at least. Or its nose, make it funny. Go, you know what I mean? No, instead there's this young kid just chipping away. Just cranking that knob. So yeah, he, uh, J- Drago tech cam, robot interrupts. Oh yeah. So Apollo comes around and they're having a chat around the table with him and uh, Adrian and the kid. The kid gets a Paul is there just being miserable and or whatnot. Robot comes in, but as he comes in, Apollo looks like he's never seen a robot in his life, especially in a house, of course. But he's like going, "Oh my god, watch that!" As because that's his voice. He's and he, he really seems flummoxed. And then Paulie's like, "Oh, it's my missus," and she's being really loving to him, the robot. And then it's Apollo like goes, "Yeah, anyway, it's, it's just it was quite." And, cool. and that's the right reaction for that robot. All right. It's like it's like when people come up to you and go, "Oh, I got a drone for Christmas, right?" Oh, I when, think if you, I think under the, I've never had one, but in the circumstances, I think I think I do, and then I say how much they are, and I think I don't. I, 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 I think that it's one of them gifts that that you go, "Yeah, I want one of them. I want one of them," and then they turn up and you go, "What do I do with it now?" Oh, you can fly it up, yeah, yeah, across, yeah, yeah, come back again, yeah, fucking mint that. But you can film your house, mint. Go on Google Earth. Something is it like a modern ago. version of my planes that my dad got me there? <laughs> I tell you, what, I, th- I think there's a lot of gifts like that. You know, like um, I, I always used to get really annoyed when you'd see action figures being advertised on telly because you'd see these spoiled little advert kids who used to wind me up as a kid. I don't know why I used to really hate, specifically one that advertised Screwball Scramble back in the 80s. Mm. And, um, and they'd be playing on some faux rock faces and and like there'd be the tonka trucks would be smashing through sand and and then and then there'd be like a waterfall and stuff like that they didn't prepare you for your mum telling you off for using the settee as castle gray school do you know what i mean it just it just didn't kind of they have to give you the imagination because the thing with toys for kids in it is that you imagine it's like tracy island it's like you'll make all that shit and then it's gonna be like 
you can imagine it around. I, th- I think that's I think that's probably having somebody an idea of advertising is that they thought maybe it's not great advertising it on a sofa with some mum telling you off. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can imagine it in my house. What's that Dan doing? He's playing E Man. Playing E Man. Who's he playing with? Is he playing. <laughs> I like E Man. Does he? Was he Dan? You don't like E Man. I thought you were. Into I thought it was a GI Joe. Yeah, you bunch of bellends. I'm I'm playing with E Man, aren't I? Man of Times. I've got that one. That if you push the front like that, he gets like he's more injured and more injured. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle, battle, Scar, He Man. That's good. I like a kid's toy with the name Scar in it. Mm. Um, so there's a press conference. It's oh just... yeah, actually, it was Battle Damage, He Man. Oh, okay, that's not as bad. Um, good, good, good collection there. Uh, so it's fight night. It's uh, cocky Apollo. Um, they've had the interview. It's red. It's Red Star versus Old Glory. That's what they've called it. Uh, it's a really camp press conference, and he's really camping it up. And it's borderline a bit racist to each other. But that's fine. It was a cold war. Uh, and then the fight, and basically Drake Drago walks out in it, and then James Brown starts up, and I'm like, okay, ha. <laughs> Because there's a bit in living in America where he's just naming places. Alabama, Atlanta. And I was thinking, in the studio, because I know that James Brown, when he did the Blues Brothers, was the only person who couldn't mime to what he'd recorded because he never does it the same twice. And they tried many times, Dan Aykroyd and that. They're like, he just he's going to have to do it live because he can't. Now, having seen him mime to this, I can see why Aykroyd did that. Because there's a point where he's got his back to the microphone and you hear, yeah. Like that. And I'm thinking with them towns. Can you imagine if it was living in Yorkshire? Doncaster. Denbydale. The room. That place near the bridge. It's just like, <laughs> take it to the bridge. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to think of more of them off the top of me. But oh, didn't it? It's just like, it's not quite. Because even like the most basic American places like uh, St. Louis sounds good, doesn't it? It's sort of versus yeah, yeah. like, you know, Scarborough. Wathapon Dern. It doesn't have the same oh, cloud, does it? I used to know a lad who's from Ashby, Ashby de la Zouche. That's a fun, that's fun to pronounce, isn't it? Ashby de la Zouche. Where, yeah, where, where, where's that? I thought the moon. Belgium when he told me. Mm. Uh, but he was like, really like, oh, like that. It's a daily street, Kendall Minkit. I go it for works. And I thought, he's not in Belgium. The other one that got me was Warsaw. Because I, I, it's Warsaw, sorry. And I thought it was Warsaw. And I wasn't having it that Warsaw. Oh, no. Hold on, Utoxeter. That's the one I couldn't have yeah. with the British. Where the fuck is that? Yeah. Do you know where that is? Yeah, it's uh, just south of Derby. Oh, it's actually near Ashby de la Zouche, about <laughs> half an hour away. Is it? Who was naming those places? I'll tell yeah. you what, mate, let's go with... Uh... You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there you go. So he's, he's shouting out Quinton America, and obviously you can just tell Drago's going to serve him some ass here because he's been a dickhead. Uh, he also gets, I like... Here comes my unsung person. Although he's quite sung, he speaks, this one. It's the announcer with the curly moustache on his face. I don't know if you remember him. His moustache is basically joining his eyes. It's kind of mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. his face. And he's, later on with the, the tragedy that happens, he's still announcing the winner there when the man's dead on the floor, which I think he's he's definitely a professional. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. When he calls yeah, him yeah, yeah. the Count of Montefisto. That's a great name. That's up there Brilliant. with the Ironstone Cowboy. Brilliant. And then obviously he says to him uh, the following, you will lose. Because he doesn't speak much, does he, Drago? No, no, no. He, uh, I mean, Christ, I, I I, can't watch it. I end up feeling really fat after watching anything with Dolph Lundgren. In. He's but, a, yeah, because yeah, those, I mean, we're saying, um, Carl Weathers is in great shape in this film. Is it? I mean, oh, isn't he? I mean, obviously, they, they all three of them are, but Dolph Lundgren's like a different level. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Tall, isn't he? He's for a tall bloke as well. Everything's in proportion. He's in great shape. Very, very sweaty. I put everyone's yeah. sweating again. There's a lot of sweat. Is moisture brought up once again in Moisture Corner? And you're not watching that podcast. This film gets a moisture score of that. Probably won't get picked up. Is uh, that three and a half squelches out of five? <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Um, so yeah, very, very sweaty. He gets absolutely battered. Um, yes. He gets his head kicked in after being cocky at the start, and I put here yeah, announcing win while he's fucked, and then another yeah. mortal line. If he dies, he dies. I don't think yes. he's got more than five lines in this whole film, but everyone's an iconic, isn't it? That one's that one's one of the big ones. If he dies, he dies. Uh, I don't know why he spoke like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that, but yeah, uh, I, I tell you what, I, I feel like because Dolph Lundgren couldn't act, they just got Bridget Nielsen to be the mouthpiece in this in this yeah. movie for him. You know what I mean? Like very much like, oh, how good you're American. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better than this. All right, can you come and do some talking for the lad? Can you do the, uh, what do we call it when you're, you're filling in all the story too much? Narrative. Narrative. No, exposition. Exposition. So she's doing a lot of that. Didn't she end up with Sylvester Stallone? Weren't they together? Oh, in real life? Yeah. I think they banged, yeah. With an autistic kid? I don't think it was then. Robot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's a lot going on. I'm trying to put the family together now before they start doing cliffhanger. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a funeral. Rocky versus Drago's announced. Now I I don't think they did that very well because there's a point where it sounded like he was going, "Oh fuck it, I'm throwing in the belts," but he can't fight him, can he? Because it's not Russia's like South Africa back in the time as well with the sort of band mm-hmm. thing because they're them them Russians, I guess. Um, Adrian is pissed with him, so it's montage time, and this is the first of many montages, and I think somebody actually put it on our Twitter. It's just, I think it was uh, Blair saying about montages. Um, there's just many, many montages in this film. This one's going for a ride in like his Toyota MR2, whatever it might be. Um, and he's looking back. He's thinking of all the past. He's, he keeps seeing, oh, Apollo's falling to the floor. Then it's replaced by him falling to the floor. Should I take on this man who punches, what is it? Normal 700 and he punches at 1,850. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Everything he punches, he destroys. That's that's no one surviving that. I mean, obviously we've no. seen that once, but I wonder if the public were watching it, going, "Is he going to survive?" I mean, I know there's a Rocky Five, but you didn't when he was watching as a kid. Do we? we did you? Did you fear a Drago? Nah. I, I, after the clubber line nonsense, you, you're like, "Oh, he's probably gonna he's gonna do that thing where he staggers around, looks like he's beaten, come and beat him again." That's what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? It, it was a bit like it, it's very. And and there is no goddamn way in the eighties they'd have let the Russian we beat the American. No, that's a good shout. Yeah, exactly. And if it was made in Russia, it would have been in black and white, and would have been a you know it would have cut to a random scene of like a, I'm thinking of Battleship Potemkin, where there's a baby's pram like coming down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, like those. It, it's like you know that bit in which Star Wars is it where the entirety of the main cast are in the are in the Millennium Falcon, and we're supposed to believe that there's some peril. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, no. Oh, no, I think we're all right here, lads. So I, I quite like that montage, actually, I must admit. And there's a song behind it going, there's no way, way out. Uh, I will come to the songs in mix. I've actually brought up the whole lyrics to one of them just mm-hmm. to really rip it to shit because it's terrible. Uh, then all of a sudden they're putting some luggage in a car. And I thought, God, that's awful. And it's Paulie's. He's got this terrible luggage. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's, again, I, I just like thinking things of these films. I'm going, whose idea was that's Paulie's kind of luggage? Um, father son tour, Rocky's in Russia, and then there's the Eye of the Tiger ripoff. Yeah, and, and it's almost going doom, doom. It's almost it's saying ding, 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 And I found out that it's called In the Burning Heart, and it is actually by Survivor who yes. did 
Yeah. So imagine, if you will, if you haven't seen this film, a man going to Russia to fight a Russian. I'm going to give you the verse one of uh, Burning Heart. Uh, songwriters Frank Sullivan and Jim Petterick. Here we go. Two worlds collide. Rival, I mean, talk about on the nose. There's never been a song probably more on the nose about what you're seeing ever. Hey, guys, you know why the tiger was really good? It was about tigers, and this was a boxing film. Yeah, oh, yeah. Smash it. Yeah, he made our career, man. Well, this time, he's fighting a Russian. All right, yeah, so similar to Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, I'll do. So, you what, guys, in rehearsal, let's just do the same backing track. I've got some lyrics. Two worlds collide. Rival nations. It's a primitive clash. Venting gears of frustrations. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this, it gets better. This sounds like some child has written it. Bravely, we hope. Against all hope, you can never repeat the word. There is so much at stake. Seems our freedom's up against the ropes. See what they did there. Does the crowd understand? Is it East versus West or man against man? Can any nation stand alone? Uh, yeah, Germany. Um, in the burning heart, just about to burst. Fucking hell. I'll get out of that ring quick. There's a just quest about to burst. I like the way they, they, say, they sing that bit. Yeah, there's a quest for answers and unquenchable thirst. The guy's thirsty and he's about to have a heart attack. He shouldn't be fighting. Yeah, in the be. darkest night, rising like a spire in the burning heart. And almost... anyway, so the second verse is cracking. So it cuts away then. I'm thinking, God, I want to hear more of this awfulness. Now he's got to Russia and he's found out that barn he's working out in. In the warrior's code, there's no surrender. Though his body says, stop. I'm having a heart attack and I've got no fucking fluids. They're not the lyrics, by the way. <laughs> um, though his body says, stop, his spirit cries, never. <laughs> Deep in his soul, a quiet ember knows it's you against you. It's the paradox. I've never heard the word paradox put in a song before. That drives us on. It's a battle of wills in the heat of attack, heart attack. It's the passion that kills. No, it's not. Uh, the victory is yours alone. Then it repeats. It's the burning heart quite a lot. That has to be one of the shittiest songs ever, but it's it's... Dan. It was it was quite a successful song. It was even on the yeah. uh, the the early nineties Gladiators uh, soundtrack album, uh, where it played a load of just eighties rock tracks all the way through it, like oh the one by "It's a Dust and War" by Edwin Starr and stuff like that that were featured in Gladiators. It was quite a it was quite a big song. I'd never heard it because at first I thought, okay, they've done the the same old shit. Um, so after that wonderfulness, Russia they get to Russia. Paul he's hating it. He's moaning because he at one point he says he hasn't got his comics. <laughs> Which I'm not mocking it. I've got plenty of myself, but it's just like this guy. If anyone ever deserves to get electrocuted whilst having sex with a robot, it's poorly. It's poorly. Uh, yeah, you know it, 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 it develops quite a relationship with the robot, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rock, how about putting in some extra tubes? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what's nice. So then, you remember when we watched um, Top Gun? What I said to you about. Um, Tom Cruise playing volleyball. What was my biggest problem with it? It was a bit homoerotic. No, I fucking love all that. What was the biggest <laughs> problem to do with his clothing? Oh, he was wearing jeans. Ryan's problem with clothing, part two. He gets there. This is what you wanted. Who are those guys? They're just going to watch. All right. Okay. He's got like a bobble hat on. He's wearing a sheepskin fucking leather jacket and jeans. He goes for a run. Oh, that was it. That was his trademark. He has to. He has to get the the hat. He has no, to get the hat and the jacket in. No, I know it's cold, but it's a thick old sheepskin, thick leather jacket 
and he goes for a fucking run in it. It's good for cutting. Helps you get rid of the, the excess wet water weight. <laughs> and then everything he does is in that fucking jacket. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, no. Um, Drago's obviously just in some technical camp, being, you know, in a leotard, just running around with beeps and stuff. The Russians are always watching rock. Yeah. Um, and there's a really good bit in the song where there's a bit where Drago punches and Rocky uses an axe on a tree and he like goes, do, 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 do. And I quite like that. I like that a little yeah. bit syncing up with, he's got a fist, he's got an axe, he's going to chafe, he's going to have a fucking chef's ass because he's running in his jeans again. Chef's ass. I had to yeah. say, I don't think I told you this because I haven't seen you for a while. I had chef's ass not that long ago. <laughs> Did you put corn flour down there? No, no, because I was. It was the middle of our conference thing at work, and we'd been we'd been really long couple of days setting up this conference, and it had got warm, and I'm wearing like jeans, and I was just I started walking like Chris Waddle trying to take on a, a left back, whatever it was, and I, I was he left footed Waddle. I forgot what Chris Waddle was. It doesn't really matter. I've got him right winging my head. Okay, he's a he's a winger, but I was doing that proper. You know when you 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 know you know you're trying to stop a dog for someone. I was doing that kind of walk. And somebody went, God, what's up? And I went, I've got chef's ass. And they went, what's that? <laughs> well, you know that you're sharing them. You're what? And then if you've listened from the first podcast, you'll understand what a lot of that is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a huge montage. Let's just get to the fight scene because I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with time here because there's not much else. This fight scene does take a lot of... Well, that's well, it kind of does and it doesn't. That's, I've, I've, do you know what, Dan? I've been I've been hitting this a bit better than you think. So I've got the the bit see where it is. So I just wanted to get to Rocky growing a beard. He looks well. <laughs> looks well. Looks nice. Really him. Very very modern. Drago. It's quite interesting because he has an injection, but it never gets brought up again. Yeah, it, it it's like he's juicing, but don't matter, does it? Because uh, it it destroys everything he punches. So we're just gonna let that one slide. And because no one's checking, because we're in Russia, they that you know it kind of infers that all this. Which is actually weird because the, the Russians have been kicked out of Olympics since for, for juicing. Yeah. And, and and these rumours haven't gone away for 30, 40 years, it, it, probably even before. And and yeah, you're right. There's kind of like a, an injection and then, well, that's it. Well, Make of that what you will. And I like the way that you delivered that. I wish we were filming that to be shown. Um, because I, I must admit, I then expected in the in the fight, there'll be a bit where Rocky's on top, because we've seen these tropes before, that someone was going to come down and inject him. A bit like Henry Cooper and Ali when his gloves got cut. I was up for a bit of like, oh, they're going to give him a little squirt and away he goes. Um, so it's fight night. It's very different to Las Vegas. No James Brown this time. Um, a lot of... Duh, 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 duh. I must admit, I'm a bit of a sucker for a load of like military singing. in there. And there's all cages and you got to get that through there. And then I saw him take off his uh, gown, Rocky, and he's got these American shorts. And I a bit of a thing on this, because I'm sure when he fought Clubber Lang, he wasn't wearing the American shots, but he was because he was in Apollo's colors, wasn't he? That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, because if you look online, he put Clubber Lang versus Rocky. There's actually somewhere he's wearing yellow shorts. So I don't know if they shot it in two different shorts and only one. Didn't he fight him twice in in the third one? That's Does he it. not lose? That's yes, you're right, Dan. That's right. That's why it is. Then I'll complete. It's been a while since I've seen it. Now, actually, yeah, good shout. That's that's cleared that one up for me. Um, so yeah, the fight Gorbachev's there, or someone is meant to look like Gorbachev. Um, and the, and they, what's quite funny is they mentioned the world media is here to watch this event. Japan, Spain. And I was thinking, get ready for the British. They're going to be drinking tea. Just go, oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. But they don't. But they use them. That's the interesting bit. It cuts to bits where they go, oh, Rocky's having an awful time here. Drago's right up his grill. 
<laughs> he's going to get to punch up the bracket if he's not careful with that kind of defense. Oh, I'm so glad to use the bracket. I'm going to give you one right up the bracket. It's uh, yeah, and it's, it's just funny because they don't really say the. Brit- I mean, obviously, you guess the British should be there, but it just I like how it gets funny. I must break you. He then tells him, uh, and then we're going to come to a thing that I I could have mentioned before, but I was saving it for this bit as well. Rocky, I mean, is is it's known as what it is, and you know we've always said we're not going to dissect these just for being older or whatever they are. But as someone who loves the sweet science, this man would have been on his ass and dead a long time because he has no guard. He falls around. I put it Rocky's more Rocky clown fighting. I've never seen yeah. someone get hit and fly so much in my life. And there's apparently the new ones are much better for that, the reality of credence for that. Yeah, and this this is my issue. I mean, bear in mind now we're at the we're at the fourth one. And the the the, the boxing realism in the in the movies was was panned right from the 70s. Like, you know, it's been panned for years. And you'd think by this one. We'll have got somewhere with it. But you can still see the punch coming from right back here. You may as well do a cartoon wind-up and then punch one through and and then the the the, 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 the bobbing and the weaving and the lack of defence and stuff like that. Now, I know that, you know, Ram, uh, Rambo, Rocky's shtick was that he could take a pounding, but he, he, he's there to tire out the other guy and then might get a lucky punch and all the rest of it. But good Lord, it is abs- it's slapstick. It's hilarious. Yeah. Put your hands up, man, for God's sake. The amount of time... It got to, I remember I went with um, well, Dan, and we went to see Carl Froch, and somebody shouted out at the end of it, it was like watching Rocky, that, because he was fighting Kessler, and it was a great fight, and it went the distance, and it was, looking back, like, but at the end, because Froch could do that, it could take a, a good hitting and a pounding, mm-hmm. and, there. and that, it was, it's just like ridiculous to the point where, I've actually written down here, uh, the knockdown rules clearly don't apply because there's times he gets knocked to the floor. The ref doesn't stop anything. He's just got to be get. He's just like bounces and gets back up. Uh, Rocky yeah. cuts him, and I put throwing each other about. Fucking ridiculous. I'd be livid. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a, there's a there's a trope. Here's that word. Uh, it's called acceptable breaks from reality, and these oh. are accepted, and uh, but subverted. Even Drago blatantly pushed the referee away during the fight in which Apollo loses his life. So there's a lot of that. There's one There's one where he throws him into the corner, doesn't he? Like literally just right. Or he just do that with Apollo and just start pounding in. Does it's, it just, it's just shit, in it? Like, You're actually on the like, floor. We're on the floor, like. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, but because they get, they're trying to portray that the Russians are always bent, they kind of just allow it, don't they? Whoever he fights has always got some sort of thing on him. Um, and then there's a line from Duke. I, I, do you know what? I had to look it up because I think the only person who says his name, and he might have said it in the early films and I forgot, his uh, trainer guy is Rocky when he goes to have a word with him up in the loft in that barn in Russia, which is a weird sentence. Um, and Duke says to him, Work. Hey, you heard it. You see? You see? He's not a machine. He's a man. I fucking love that. Yeah. That got me going at that point. I was like, because, do you know what? We didn't really say it. And I don't mean to rehash it and go back, but the Apollo Creed stuff is quite bleak. Yes. It's quite hard. Yeah, yeah. The way he gets the way, the way he is getting his head kicked in and like being beaten to death is actually pretty fucking harrowing. It's his it's his ring man as well, screaming, throwing the yeah. towel, throwing. Oh god, that's it, it, it's actually quite heartbreaking. And to have because he was like his mate, it was his pal, and they didn't like each other, and, and it became an experiment that went wrong for him after another fight, and and then they became pals through the club line thing and all the rest of it. But it's just uh, to kill him off. I thought was was really heart heart rendering. Like, you know, it's a, it's a really good bit. If like, if anything, like like the first Rocky movie, there's not a lot of boxing in it, as as oh. much as there is in this one. And this is it, it, it's like someone in America's gone, hey, 
You know you like all that boxing? Here's some more. Here's some more boxing for you, kids. We don't want any of that depressing Philadelphia shit. Get me some boxing. Yeah, don't we want to be watching you eating eggs? We want to be <laughs> seeing you eating your teeth. But there is a bit, actually, I do mention when Apollo's dead, and it looks almost like some sort of Raphael sculpture. It's almost like a thing you'd mm. see in a church of, like, Christ laying across the, the lap of Mary Magdalene, mm. and he's just laid Wonderful there. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's also a classic thing it does here, and I think Raging Bull might even do it at one point. I can't remember. Uh, and other boxing films I've seen. Um you've had like two rounds so you've had like his head kicked in for the first round and only at the end he decides to cling on to him I'm like fuck's sake second round rocky's coming back on a bit it gives him a cut and then the music starts going behind and i was waiting for the music because i knew the second the music started we're going to get round three sliding across <laughs> the screen <laughs> doof, doof, doof. oh come on rock round four do, 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 do. And, it, and i knew and i put here final round obvs <laughs> <laughs> And it kind of annoyed me, but it maybe started yeah. anyway with all these films. I was like, of course it's going to be. And they have to do the exposition again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final round of this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, just in case you don't know what's happening. It's, it's it's the similar vein, isn't it? As like, you know, when there's there's only one second left on the timer. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the same type of thing. I've just, I've just found a bit of text here, Ryan, based on what you were saying. It's, uh, it goes on a bit. I'll try and do it quickly. In classic Rocky fashion, any and all rules of regulation boxing take a vacation at the end so that Rocky and Drago can pummel each other with life or death stakes on the line. Like the fight against Apollo, the referee doesn't stop over cuts above the eye, despite that Rocky and Drago's brows are openly bleeding, likely impairing their eyesight in general. The fight would never have been allowed to continue to the point that they'd be hurt, even with their mid-riffs roar and bloody bodied from blows. Rocky's knockouts alone would lead him to stop and a TKO with Drago hurling him to the canvas no less than eight times, yeah. sometimes twice or thrice in a row within what seemed to be a handful of seconds. With And with Rocky not even trying to block, essentially, it is a load of shit. The, the boxing bit is a load of shit. But for some reason, somebody allowed it. And, and I believe that there was actual boxers that were consultants on these movies. Sure, like, I want to say Sugar Ray Leonard was involved somewhere, but I might have made that up. That might have been that uh, reality show that he did. Do you know, I th- it sounds to me like the boxers who were consulted for this were those ones that you got in your stocking that you wound up and they just do that and they walk along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is another thing as well, because I thought with the cuts, because there's a bit where it comes in and someone's putting the, I don't know the official term, there's probably a boxing term for it, the iron that they push down. Yeah, yeah. Running. Meanwhile, his, his right eye is, is absolutely cascading and then Drago's got the same. And actually he becomes, because he's quite, he's very white, Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. and especially with his hair as it is, he's a very white man. He looks very sort of almost like snow-like. When he yeah, has yeah. got them bleeding eyes and he's got his mouth guard bleeding, he looks sinister as fuck. He just looks like yeah. a hell. Yeah, the black mouth guard I thought was an absolute stroke of genius. He looks terrifying, doesn't he? Mm, and it's great that they've got him in the yellow shorts when he's got his away shorts on for when he's in America and he's <laughs> his home kit. Uh, home. Uh, Gore, but then the crowd are coming around. I've just put Rocky eyes melting. Now, as you see in almost every film where they've put on almost two of that stuff where his eyes look like Emperor Palpatine's eyes. They look like <laughs> absolutely, uh, his eyes are melting to crap. Uh, and then I've just put wins. Um, and then Rocky's trying to end the Cold War and Gorbachev stands up because it's all the, <clears throat> that bit was fucking terrible. Now, I know you have to put yourself in the time and people were genuinely concerned of you know, whatever, uh, Glasnost and the stuff that was going on and things like that, and, the, you know, the Star Wars stuff and all the things, uh, the political one, not the uh, George Lucas uh, chain of films. Um, but, my God, it's almost like I'm going to get on my soapbox now because, do you know what? If you can't push out the proletariat and the world of the communist organisation by yourself, what is going to do it is Sylvester Stallone making a film where they whoop your Russian ass in Russia and then go, I hated you. 
no, I like you. Can't we all just do that? And the, oh my God, it's the ramblings of the kind of bloke who does that thing that we hate, who's the builder, the plasterer, doing his little dance. <laughs> like he's written that. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds like one of those guys who wears no socks and tight trousers and a shirt with the, you know, people who, who like and go on Love Island. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, we need a rousing speech to end the Cold War. Well, I've got one for you. I've just, no, Dave's not one up in the shed. No. And you, you might surprise you after all this, actually, what I think I'm probably going to give it. But um, yeah, so that's that's just that's just naff. There's no better word for it. And then the sort of fake Gorbachev starts clapping. And then we're left with so all this like up and down roller coaster of will he, won't he? Well, of course he will, because it's Rocky. Blah, 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 blah. And you're not going to let a Russian win, like you said. Um, and then these are the lyrics from the song that ends. These are just two lines. Silent darkness creeps into your soul. That's the opening line when he's just beating him. Why? Yeah. Is this from the Russian point of view? I mean, and then hearts on fire, strong desire. Who? Because I would have gone, or even if the feel was right, or whatever it might be. So I don't know how it goes. So I'm going to make it up. Silent darkness. Because that's how that should be sung. Silent darkness creeps into your soul. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I like you made it sound like, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> darkness creeps into your soul. <laughs> it, it's it, it's a very bad line to end this. And then it's obviously all black and white stills, isn't it, of people? And the, it's got the classic, is it Iwo Jima? I can't remember the Pacific thing where the Americans got the big flag, you know, the statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's trying to do that with the stars and stripes, isn't it? Just America ending. We do need you, an ending here. America. Do you think Americans in 1985 of a certain kind of like, uh, you were say, enjoyed this film, Dan? Absolutely 100%. You look at the movies that we reviewed on this podcast and they are all America, USA movies. They're all, they are essentially movies for rednecks and trailer trash to go, whoop, yeah, you'll tell, you tell that commie's ass. You kick Rusky. his ass. Hey, Rusky. They always call him Ruskies. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ones that they lampoon on South Park, they go, they took our jobs. Th th those guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame because I know you did that really well. It didn't quite pick it up. But with that. Um, so we come to the bit where we uh, analyze the film. I, I, do you want me to go first? Or you go first. What do you think is the score? I, I tell you what, I, I, I'll drop in because I, I kind of want to save your silly. And I, I think this is this is a solid seven for me. Um, I feel like the third one drops down to like a four. It's It's really poor. Uh, the first one is an eight because it's a completely different movie to what we get subjected to. The fifth one's a two, and this one, this one's a a bit of a bright light, a brighter light, uh, given the way that, that the franchise was going. However, you know, I did like the montages. I didn't mind them. I kind of like the, the, you know, the. I'm watching a documentary on uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger at the minute, and the muscly bodies and the rippling, you know, the veins. I'm like, how do you get your chest to look like that? That's. He's, he must be really regimented with his eating. He must have loads of eggs. And so, so I'm kind of I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm into that. This is all right. This is and it's just fun. And you're right, there's a lot of heart to it when um when Apollo passes away as well. And what that does is set up the more the what the more recent ones that, that have been out in the last few yeah. years. So so yeah, so seven for me, but I, I just think you know the robot can fuck off. And uh and yeah, the I, I didn't even write, really like Paulie and the relationship with Paulie and the robot. Like fuck off, and then and then uh, yeah, the speech at the end takes it down another point for me. So that's two films we've seen of his now on the pod where he's fucked it at the end with a, with a speech because mm -hmm. I hate his speech at the end of first blood. Um, I actually what did like one Paulie bit. It's a bit where he's quite clearly worried about him being killed by this bloke and they're walking out to the fight and he says, 
Rock, I just want to say this to you before you go out there. Is if I could jump out of my body and be anyone, I would be you. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite tender in the way he does it yeah. as a character. Because that character can't all of a sudden become, you know, Macbeth or any sort of deep Shakespearean kind of character in any way or Hamlet. So that's the best he can do. And I thought as a as a common man, and we've all met that from where we're from and what we do, trying to get your emotions out. I actually thought that was quite, quite nice. Um, like you say, bit at the end, no need for. It's very slapsticky. It's very whatever it is. I, I think that, I was thinking when you said it, I think I would give the first Rocky either a nine or a 10, you know, I, it really, mm. for me, for that genre, that's where I'm putting it. I'm not saying compared to all the films I like in my life. I think for that genre, the bleakness of it, the way he acts, the kind of bumbling idiot who's kind of got a good heart and all that. I think Rocky is nigh on perfect as a sports film. The first one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with it. It's, it's got a touch of America in it, but it's yeah. still, it's still, a, it, it's a good movie. It, it's really disappointing. And we said this the same about Rambo as well. The direction in which they took it, it was like, is is a thought-provoking movie to, you know, about PTSD and a thought-provoking movie about a guy trying to make it big and, and his talent is getting a kick in. To, and, and he does make it big and here's the chance he's gotten. And then they go, by four movies in, hey, let's do a Cold War movie where it's just two <laughs> wet geezers smashing each other. Like, it just... It really annoys me. I, I, it didn't need Rocky 2, 3, and 4. Or mind you, 2 was all right. But it didn't need 3, 4, and especially bloody 5. It just needed next something else. Like, let's let's do another project. I kind of got to watch 5 just because of the playing the game, as I said. So it's but, the flaming bins. It's exactly what... There's no big fight in the end of it. Don King, isn't it? He's in it as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm torn. Uh, I'm going to give this 7 and a half. I was going to go 7. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I think it's because uh, I can't really remember three. I remember there's bits of it being cheesy, but I don't remember I hating it as much as you've just said. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind two either, but they weren't as good as the first one. So, yeah, a, a seven and a half. I think that's probably a little bit definitely better. I enjoyed it more than I did First Blood because I, th- I told you, Dan, I didn't mind First Blood. It's just it's a bit that he can't act. So he's got to do this in a way. Um, but yeah, that's it. And uh, any uh, any idea what we're going to do next? Do you fancy taking on one yourself or do you want to go to a, another route altogether? No, I think I sent you one the other day. We'll uh, we'll take a look at it when I announce it on the socials. Absolutely. And now, obviously, I'm fully aware as well that we have a lot of uh, uh, ways that you can contact us. Uh, if you were one of the 6,000 people who watched our first TikTok, thank you. If you're the one of the 35 who watched the second one, thank you. Uh, we've leveled out about 200. We don't really know what we're doing. It's probably not to do with inconsistency and us being busy bastards and Dan being up north, being miserable about people and me being generally uh, annoyed by people offering me to help knife crime in the street, which I do fully support, but not when I'm eating my lunch. Um, so, yeah, what? What I do want to say is contact us at uh, y, uh, YNWTPod or you can email us at YNWTPod at gmail.com. Um, like, final, final thought is, first of all, Dan, um, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining. And uh, behind Dan at the minute, he has a Sheffield Wednesday shirt uh, and I'm currently wearing one of my Nottingham Forest ones. And we do, because of what we do on other podcasts, have a very bizarre place for Sheffield Wednesday and Nottingham Forest fans to uh, congregate. Uh, and over yesterday, it was another thing as well. So they wouldn't have cared about this whatsoever in the slightest way. But I'm dedicating this podcast to the memory of Trevor Francis and Chris Bart Williams, who in their own ways meant a lot to me and Dan uh, for our teams. And I don't want to make it too football-y, but uh, Tricky Trev, sleep well, sir. Thanks for Europe. And uh, the Bartman. Uh, Dan, you probably got more Bartman memories than me. He's just a young kid and bashing it about for you, wasn't he? He could glide past the player like anybody I'd never seen. The way you could just sashay past. And I, I used to he used to sit on the uh, subs bench with um, earphones on, big old earphones. Like, 
coolest man but ever. Do you know what's nice about both both people? There's a kind of sad picture now, actually, where he's got his arm around him at Wednesday, both of them together, and thinking, God, if you'd have said to those two, you'd be dead on the same day. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, both just two people who kicked a football around, but meant a lot to me and Dan. And if you're in the States, look them up and uh, see what they did. See so an absolute spanker against Chelsea from the Bartman or against uh, Reading, which more or less got his promotion and got relegated Reading for them as well. So uh, yeah, sleep well, you two. Up the owls and uh, come on, you Reds. And uh, we'll see you next time.